Hey, Zach here. Before we roll into the episode, I want to make one quick correction to the content. We're talking about the Olympic trials and qualifying standards a little bit. And as we were talking, we were just reading off the official qualifying process. But what we missed and what you will notice when you hear us talking is that the event itself and the Olympic trials for the U.S. marathon has a gold label standard, which means that whomever finishes in the top three automatically receive a nomination for the Olympic bid so that you do not have to have a time qualifier in order to run in the Olympics as long as you're top three in the trials. That's one thing that we got a little bit incorrectly as we're talking about it here in the episode. So with that correction, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Information about the world of running, inspiration to fuel passion and excellence, and ideas for making connections and finding community. You're listening to A to Z Running. Welcome back. I'm Zach. And I'm Andy. And we are bringing to you today the Olympic Marathon Trials preview yeah it's gonna be an exciting conversation so we we've been thinking about this andy you can explain this better than i can we've been thinking about like how to approach this in a way that because this is an interesting topic to us and we know that others are interested but how to present it in such a way so that you have all the information to make it an exciting experience wherever and however you are tuning in absolutely yeah. And also we want you to have the most fun possible if you're going to be watching and tuning into the Olympic trials and knowing some of the contenders and some of their backstories, I think it aid in your experience. And you better be watching because Andy's running in it. <laughs> Come on. But if, you're, if you're watching, you won't see me. So that's that's kind of funny, Zach. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe I'll try to find a way to bump a camera somewhere on the course so that <laughs> someone accidentally... <laughs> No, they won't know it was for you. All right, so we've got that. But before we get to that, we are going to get to that, and that's going to be the bulk of our time. Um, we did want to just mention, that's covering the world of running too, as you might guess. However, there's one thing worth stating, mm-hmm. and that was just uh, this past week, the half marathon world record was crushed crushed for the women by a Babel Yashana from Ethiopia, Breaking it by 31 seconds. And so the previous record was like really something. Yeah. And she just dropped another 31 seconds. So she ran 104.31. Let that sink in. I said she. Um, So the context here, as I like to present as always, the for the men's U.S. Olympic marathon trials, you can qualify with a halftime. And that halftime is 104 flat. She almost qualifies That's, for the it's men's amazing. Olympic trials. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, uh, but don't worry because you know um, Bridget Koske would have qualified for the A standard in the marathon for the Olympic trials for the men. So you know it's all just. Was relative. she in this race as well? Yes, in fact she was. That was a great point. Um, so the previous world record was 104.51, and the winner there I just mentioned was 104.31. But second place was Bridget Koske, who is the world marathon record holder, and Fast she race. ran. 104.49, two seconds under the previous world record. So, you know, we knew that she had it in her. Like the whole point of uh, she could definitely do it after seeing that marathon time um, was proven in this race. But she didn't get the record because she didn't win. So that's a bummer, but also really exciting at the same time. Try telling her that. <laughs> All 
All right. So we've got so many things to talk about with the Olympic trials marathon. Um, and as you know, the experience on the whole is is a pretty interesting one because it's not a huge race. We're talking about in the women's race, like 400-ish people, and in the men's race, like 300-ish people. And so this is not your your 20,000-person marathon race, which makes it a pretty it's, – it's a different kind of race experience. They, it tends to go out fast. It tends to be an aggressive kind of thing, and then people just start kind of falling off as they can't handle it. It's it's really exciting. Yeah, I, and it will be like especially it. interesting because this course does not lend itself to fast, and it does mm. – it can take a toll on any runner. So just kind of seeing who survives that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be interesting. Um, you don't know you never know how the race will unfold because there's always in any given Olympic trials there's always several if not uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking like tens of people who have a very legitimate chance mm-hmm. of being the contenders. Like you really don't know until the race is unfolding late in the race who's actually in the game. Uh, but this one might even be more so that fact yeah. because of the hills. Like there's not a flat spot on the course. So you're going up or you're going down the entire time. But I do want to mention because I have the information here and I find information fascinating. The course has 1,389 feet of climbing. So if you're curious, uh, we'll post links to like the elevation chart and stuff. So you can just see like what it looks like to run a mountain marathon. Um, and then, you know, if, if you want any more of the information about what we're talking about, we'll try to link to as many different things as we can. So you can follow up on the resources. One thing many of you have mentioned and asked about is, can you track the runners? And the answer is we may or may not know the answer to that when we're posting this. So we'll try to link to some things. And if we can't find it in time, we'll, we'll put it out on social media. If we do know. Good idea. All right. So the big point of the race, clearly they're doing this race to determine who will run on the Olympic team for the U.S. in the marathon. And there's been some contentious changes in the Mm -hmm. last 12 months over how this was going to happen. Yeah. And we mentioned it. You heard us if you were following earlier on um, when they changed the standards at the Olympic level, which they don't often do. Well, they did in 2016 and they did in 2020. So maybe this is just a norm. The Olympic Committee likes to keep us on our toes. There's been a longstanding conversation in world athletics about making things harder. This whole point of like, if it's harder then we have the true gold standard of athletes at the Olympic Games and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then it goes back and forth because it's like, yeah. you know, make it so that more people can qualify. So you get a bigger pool. And right. then, you know, select well, and from more the countries pool. can have a greater right. representation, greater representation. And that's and that's definitely a point of merit. And then the other point of merit, you know, is is if you try to make it more challenging, people will rise to the standard. So there's that, too. But the reality is they lowered the times significantly. So for the men's marathon now to run in the Olympic Games, you must have run. And there's a world ranking thing that's just really confusing and convoluted. But in reality, you basically have to run under 21130. And for the women, 229.30. And what that means now is for the U.S., in this race, traditionally it's always been the top three finishers are the, the team for the marathon. And then they always take an alternate. So whoever's fourth becomes the alternate and will race if someone can't in the top three. Um, and that's never been a problem because the Olympic standard has always been like 218, 219, those kinds of things. But now that the Olympic standard is 211.30, there are only 11 men in the U.S. who have run under that time. Uh, current enough to you know count, but actually there's only 10 who have a current standard. Galen Rupp, and we'll we'll get into some trivia on people, but Galen Rupp, the fastest 
qualifier for the trials does not have a current time standard for the 2.11.30. And what I mean by that then is you have to have run this time, I mentioned for the men and women there, within the last 12 months plus a month. Yeah, so, so January he has 1st, to run this at the trials if he's going. So, And he's not the only one. There are some others that we'll, we'll get into that don't actually have a current time standard. So they would they need this race to be fast enough. Right. So, so that's that what can. will make it interesting because yeah. some people want it to be tactical and yep. others will want it to be fast. And we're talking about a mountain marathon still here. So. <laughs> no. There's actually a so volcano dramatic. in the middle of this race. So I do want to say that there are 16 women who have qualified for the world Thank standards. You. So 16 women, 11 men, well, 10 technically. Um, and and within that, so the top three qualifier, the top three finishers in the trials are the team if they have run that time. Now, let's say the third place finisher in the trials has only run 212 and the race isn't fast enough, then that person actually doesn't go. They just go to the next person on the list. Whoever's in fourth, if they have the time, they go. If they don't have the time, then they go to fifth. And so you see the point then, if the race itself isn't fast enough, then we can see a really interesting thing happen where you get people making the Olympic team who didn't finish top three in the trials. And that has happened So it's good to before. know that when you're watching the race um, because then you'll understand more how it's unfolding. Mm-hmm. And you might see athletes who are good in track events if it's not on pace and they haven't qualified. They might be dropping not because they can't complete the race, but because they're looking at the track season. Yeah. And there's going to be potential for some of that. Um, we're not going to get into that at length right now, but especially after the race and kind of a race recap and reflection touch on who who didn't make the team in the marathon who might actually still be thinking about or planning on trying to make the team in some other events because we know people who have done that indeed we'll get into that piece of trivia later so that's the set that's the context for the event experience so let's get started with the men because the men's race goes off first and the airing by NBC does start at noon the race for the men starts at two or 1208. So, yeah. Eastern so Standard Time. You you want to tune in, and uh, those are the times that you want to pay attention to. Um, that You said that's Eastern. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, they start the races at different times, but they're still running them at the same time. So, what's the when's the women start, Andy? The women start at uh, 12.20. So, there's the stagger, 12-minute stagger, which means they'll be running at the same time on the same course. But in theory, the men should stay ahead of the women. Newsflash. They don't always. The women will catch many of the men. Yeah, we have some um, strong women. Absolutely. And not even, I mean, you have people who have qualified for the race who aren't necessarily healthy or fit right now. You know, things happen in three or four years. And so it's possible that there's guys running the race who just haven't been running much. It happens every year. And so the reality of this is it's always exciting to see how long does it take for the women to start catching men. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I have to say that the airing does conclude at 3 p.m., which means for women, <laughs> they will have to have crossed the finish line by 12.40. Two hours and 40 minutes. Um, so, yeah, so that that means or, the airing yeah, concludes. They're not going to pull everyone off the race if no, they're on 2.40. No. Although they do have a time. It's like three hours or something that they say if you haven't run that time that they may close the finish line. But I've never actually heard of them doing that. So okay. I, I don't know that they will. All right. So. For the men's race, this is how we're going to do this. We're going to make we're going to have a little bit of fun here. Uh, Andy's kinda nervous. nervous. I don't know how these things make Andy nervous I, because I'm it, nervous. it matters so little to any of you. And here's why: we're going to do a little trivia game. So uh, I'm going to give Andy a trivia tidbit about one of these athletes. And I, uh, for all in good spirit, I'm going to try to stick to the top twenty. 
men on the list just so that she's not having to think about 300 guys while she's answering these questions. But I'm going to throw in a couple of like honorable mentions afterward. Okay. Too. So in, and I'm going to give her a trivia tidbit. She's going to try to guess who the athlete is. Those of you listening, see if you can't get it before Andy does or if Andy can't get it as well, because it's, it's just it's interesting and it's fun to know a little bit about these athletes and what's going on in their lives and their careers and all that kind of thing. So, Andy, you don't need to sweat it. Because I if am, you get though. them all okay. wrong, it's okay. All I don't right. think I'm going to get any of them right anyway for yours. All right. So I'm not doing these in any particular order. I'm just looking randomly at my list of trivia topics, and I'm going to just start throwing them at you. All so right. this athlete, between the 2016 trials and now, has been dropped by his sponsor, had Achilles surgery, went mm. through a divorce, took up teaching, started a new master's degree in mechanical engineering, by the way, and... Oh, yeah. He also just happened to run a three-minute PR in the marathon all in this last four years. So I have to admit something to you, Zach. You did. You looked it up. <laughs> you you did some research. I, I just kind of like suppo- looked at no. an overview of people. No, you are supposed to not look. The, you cheated. I just know. that. So this is my guess because I didn't see the whole thing. But I Ladies saw something about a master's don't let program. Andy, don't even let Andy try to throw you off here. She was so nervous about this that she literally cheated to try to win our <laughs> trivia game no, on there. It's not cheating. It's preparing. It's studying for your test. No, it actually is cheating because we actually no. said we agree. No, you said that. We didn't agree. We agreed we're not going to research the other person's athletes so that we can have a legitimate thing here. All right. So you know who it is. Who was it? Jacob Riley. Jacob Riley. He used to run for Brooks Hansons. He does not anymore. But he did run 2.10.36 in the Chicago Marathon this past fall, which puts him on that list. He's number five on the list of men. And in legitimate chance because he's got the time. Yeah. So it, he doesn't have to run the time in Atlanta. So if it's not fast, it actually plays into his favor. Absolutely. All right. Let me throw another one at you. I got to remember which ones I do here. I should probably mark this in some way, right? I'm on my, I'm on my document thinking, how can I remember? All right. So next one up for you, Andy. See what you get. Um, this one, he's known as the great marathon metronome. Executing race plans and pacing strategies like a machine. He's beloved by many. For his ongoing role in higher education, and he's that much more multifaceted for his recent successful enterprise, pitching a successful product on Shark Tank. Oh, I do know Shark Tank one. <gasps> Who is this? No, I saw this online. Just look on your list. Just um, you can't. I mean, you can't Google him, but no, I know. I I will get this. She's person. gonna she's gonna sit here for like three minutes no, and just let all you sit here in silence, listening to her scroll on her iPad to try to find out if she can. Remember some obscure fact like Shark Tank. Now, some Jared of you Ward. may know. It's Jared Ward. Yes. Yeah. So Jared Ward's a real threat in the marathon for the U.S. He's also the one of our top finishers in international in the Olympics when Galen Rupp medaled. Jared Ward was sixth. Uh, sixth? Yeah. I was going to say fifth. I couldn't remember exactly. So he was sixth. So he's there. He's there. He's run 209.25. He's fourth on the qualifying list within this current window. But uh Everybody's everybody's looking at really Jared well Ward, at thinking he's got a chance. Houston too, which was really recent. Yeah, one oh one change. The half marathon. Yeah, yeah he ran uh, sixty one thirty six, which is like top fifteen ever for That's American great. male half marathons. Yeah, so solid. All right, I've got another one for okay. you. This marathoner plays in an indie rock band in his spare time. That's cool. Known for their mix of sixties, seventies, and 90s style musics, some kind of rockish stuff, depending on the song, which also, by the way, explains his look and his physical appearance. 
in my opinion. I hmm. You're just gonna have to throw it out. I'm there. You have, have no just, clue. You have even, no clue. Oh and I know plenty of these names you don't even recognize, so it's not gonna be a problem. Matt Lano? No, but <laughs> this one has run two ten thirty seven in the Chicago Marathon in twenty nineteen, and what? is number six on the list. Is Gerald Mock? Yes, Gerald Mock. What? So, he has so many hobbies because <laughs> he does like ceramics and Wait, pottery. How do you know that? <laughs> because I know things. Well, it's a good thing I didn't say that because you're doing your background research. You're not supposed to be doing you, ceramics I and get pottery. It. He's, yeah, and Come fly on. fishing. Wow. Camping. You clearly did more research than I did. I'm the candidate <laughs> no, that that's I was cool. supposed to present. I, that's amazing, though, that he's also into music. Yeah, he's he's got a rocker. legit shot. He's got he's got one of those times. He's also run 62 minutes and a half um, earlier in 2019. So he's one to watch, one to look out for. And so, he's kind of new, isn't he, to like the professional running scene? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, he doesn't have a lot of times on the list for these long-distance events, which... Um, you know, is is always telling. Like he's kind of one of those that you don't know exactly what to expect, mm-hmm. and the consequence of means he he could show up. Right, he could show up big. He's by no means is at the end of his career. So here's the next one. This athlete in his marathon debut found out the day before the race that the Pacers were going to go much faster than he was planning on running. So he changed his race plan. Fewer than 24 hours before his first marathon ever and ended up running the fastest debut by an American ever. And, oh, by the way, he wasn't training for a marathon at the time. Is this Abdi? (laughs) He came off of running the World Championships 10K and weeks later jumped in this marathon. Now, it was the plan. It wasn't like they weren't planning this, but... He wasn't in like a classic marathon huh. buildup. Am I no, right? it is not. No, no. Uh, Scott Fable. No, don't don't just start guessing down the Probably. list. Come on, is this it- is Leonard Career. He clocks in at the number two. He's the second fastest qualifier, and in some people's opinion, he's kind of the um, the the big question mark for like, can he just throw down something crazy? Because in Amsterdam in 2019, October of 2019, he ran 207.56. Ooh, that's Whoa. fast. In his debut that's marathon. Flat. That's He's fast. also run 60 minutes and 12 seconds for a half marathon. Wow. So we're talking about this guy can do work. Yeah, and if you're fly. familiar with Leonard Career, he's got a huge resume on the track as well. 5K, 10K, especially 10K. Um, and he's uh, he's one who's part of the Army WCAP program with um, right. bringing, yeah, bringing some professional athletes into competition experience in some really unique ways. It's a great program that the Army's got going. So that's Leonard Career, number two on the list. And let me jump to a different one here now. I'm going to just scroll around until Andy doesn't know where I'm landing. And all right, here you go. In 2019, this athlete didn't finish a race, was recovering from heel surgery, added a fourth kid to his family, dot, dot, dot. Galen Rupp. Lost his lifelong coach to a U.S. ADA rules violation, and yet he's still considered by most to be the race favorite. Mm -hmm. Yes. Galen Rupp. That surgery, man. Tough Put him out the whole year. Story, yeah. I mean, and not, so, he he tried to race, but tried to race. He tried to run Chicago together. and uh, injured his calf um, in his training cycle, and thought he could run through it and and couldn't. So he ended up dropping out of Chicago. And in the days before the race, found out that Salazar was out. Alberto was his coach, and so lost his coach. And of course, all the criticism is like Galen's a cheat. Galen, you know, Galen this, Galen that, and so that doesn't help, right? No. 
And um, the marathon's so mental. Like it's so absolutely. Yeah. And then having to rehab an injury amidst all of that firestorm. Like this guy's just been through it. It's been. Did rough. you say he had a, another? They had another baby too. They did in tw- earlier fourth? in 2019. They're so fourth. that w- that's also rough. Yeah, their oldest are twins, and then they've okay. got a. Uh, I don't. Know, I can't remember the ages, but yeah. Oh, I didn't got know that. That's really interesting. Yep. Yeah. So Galen Rupp, um, Zach probably already said it, but was bronze medalist in Rio. So, yeah, Galen's yeah. got the resume. I mean, he's he's the most successful American distance runner at the longer distance events um, in, he's won, in modern like, history. Yeah, if he doesn't yeah. make it in the marathon, you'll see him on the track, most likely, if he's healthy. He, yeah, he'll certainly try because he because he has to. He's Galen Rupp. He, he's not going to just decide, oh, I guess I'll just not try in anything else. So, you know, you, you, you don't know. All right, I got a couple more for you. I wanted to jump up there to Galen there, but uh, I thought I would throw you off and I didn't. All right, so here's one for you. While a fast runner in many respects, surely this athlete is possibly best known in the running community for burritos, specifically for loving burritos. And Hmm. he even has pins, which you can buy on his website. What? I you you are you. stumping me. I, I, have, I'm not, I can't even guess. I don't know. I of have course, no idea. Because who knows who what it was. This is Scott Fauble. So Scotty Fauble is part of the NAZ Elite crew, and he dropped the big one at the Boston Marathon in 2019, running 20909 Whew. to put him number three on the list in this qualifying window, and certainly a very real contender. And he's just got this weird thing with burritos, and if you hear huh. the backstory, it actually makes a ton of sense. It was a college thing where they just went to this burrito place every Friday as a team, and they just fell in love with burritos, and it became but an who, existential thing. Who doesn't thing. Like, fall in love with burritos when they eat them? Like, I, do not, I, love- I do not eat burritos. Oh, really? Well, unless you make them. Okay, yes. <laughs> when you make them, I eat them. <laughs> but I don't order burritos at a restaurant. They cause problems in my okay, digestion. Okay, well, let's All right. On. All right. So I got one more for you, Andy. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of two more because I, I have some honorable mentions. Now, um, this one, this athlete holds multiple American records as well as medals at the world stage and is likely one that everyone will easily recognize either by face or name or both. Oh, and before you make a guess, he's the only athlete in the field to hold national records in two different nationalities, current national Abdi, records. Abdi. He has more national records than any two others in the field combined, and he has more world championship medals than the rest of the field combined. He's competed in five Olympic Games, and apparently Wikipedia can't always be trusted because they use the tense before retirement to describe his last track accomplishment, which clearly he's not retired, yeah. folks. Am I right? The one and only Bernard Legat. <laughs> Bernard Legat. So he's coming in at 21210. He's 20th on the list. He's 20th on the qualification list. He doesn't have the time. He needs 21130. Um, so, you know, if, if he's serious about it, he might go for it. Um, you never know the state of things with him because, you know, Bernard Legat is just like, he shows He's up. He's legendary. He just shows up. I all mean, the at time. the last so, Olympics, I was dying. It was amazing. Wow, incredible. Five-time Olympian. Not even. I mean, that's seriously so he's he's running as a master's runner now he's breaking master's world and american records as well and his backstory is just the craziest ever because he started running for kenya representing kenya he ran the second fastest 1500 time ever almost breaking the world record three tenths of a second and in that race he was racing the epic fabled hikam el garouche and 
barely lost to him by like a tenth of a second. And if you know anything about Bernard Legat, that guy can kick like a demon. Yeah. He's crazy. So it's just been exciting to follow his career for years and years and years and years and years. He's done things no one's done or two or three people in history have done, like all that kind of stuff. And, and here he is in the marathon showing up one more time. So even if he isn't going to be in that race in the final stages, I'd love to watch for him for sure. So I certainly could go on and give you some more things about these guys, but I did. I just did want to give a couple more mentions because here we're, we're looking at so many people who could do this, and we do not. We don't want to take that perspective of like trying to predict who's going to do it, who's going to make it happen, because they're all so good. Well, and and really, I mean, like it's a marathon. Yeah, everything can fall apart. Everything can come together at any given moment. And some of these, you know, some of these people are thinking in their heads like, "I've got this," and some of them are thinking. I really hope no one else has this because, you know, you just never know what's really going on in these athletes' minds, and and we don't want to try to cast any shade. However, a couple other just mentions of some things. Um, certainly there's there's other notables within. I didn't even mention all the top ten there, but, like, number eight on the list is Andrew Bumbleo. He's He was fifth at that Boston Marathon where it was, like, super nasty. <laughs> that was awful. He's run two ten fifty six and in the qualifying window, so he's he's there. He's real. Matthew McDonald, another one in the qualifying window. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's one of those guys, by the way, who um, you know he can do he can do twenty six point two. He's got it. Like mm-hmm. he he can do that. So and we'll he's see part how that of Atlanta down. Track Club, so he's kind of on his home turf. Home turf. That, that that means something. There's a couple Atlanta Track Club guys here in the top list of or so. And uh, Matt Lano's number ten on the list with two eleven fourteen. Tied with Scott Smith, who's also run two eleven fourteen. Uh, both of them are, you know, in in real chances here. Um, and then Abdi, Abdi's twelfth on the list. He hasn't, he doesn't have the time. He ran two eleven thirty four at the New York Marathon, which is not a fast course. So if Abdi can run two eleven at New York Marathon this past November, clearly he's fit. Mm-hmm. You know, Abdi's another one. I, I, we didn't say this earlier, but Abdi's been around forever. He's a four time Olympian. Yep, he has done it so many times and here he is yet again with another potential shot so um you know and by the way another one of those where wikipedia just gets it all wrong because they again say he was a he was a four-time olympian like was like what is is he not alive anymore is he uh clearly he's alive and clearly he's still running fast so i don't know what that was all about but anyway um brendan Gregg's back there just just shy of the time as well with 211.38 and, and he's uh, from brooks hansen's distance project yes, so michigan we yep. like the michigan folks here there's yeah there's always worth some shout outs and such so a lot of a lot of things going on there and then my couple other honorable mentions who aren't in anywhere near that list and the front of the list at back at number 35 is is heron legat and I wanted to mention, because while he's not near the top 10, he's only run 213 this past Berlin Marathon. His first marathon, I should mention, his only marathon. But he's also run 61 flat in the half marathon. Speedy. He was ranked in the top 20 in the world in the steeplechase for six years Ooh. in a row. So and this guy's tough, tough. He's tough. <laughs> yeah. And I, honestly, I've, I've seen some of his races, and I just keep thinking, when's it going to happen? Like, yeah. it, it, maybe, maybe it's bound to happen. Um, but he's one that, you, just watch out for him. Watch out for him. He'll be wearing the Army uniform as well. He's part of that WCAP program as well. And I wanted to mention Nate Martin because he's uh, kind of a local a local relationship in some sorts. He was a rival in college for me. We ran against each other. And this was one of those interesting cases where I felt like I could beat him in cross country confidently most of the time. And on the track, I didn't even bother trying to keep up with him because it wasn't a chance. 
And I don't know how that happened. I could take him and cross, couldn't touch him in track. And I definitely can't touch him in the marathon. He's run 214.33, but get this. He's run 214.33 twice on the same course two years in a row. Wow. The exact same time. That's, That's not crazy. very likely. <laughs> That's not very likely. So uh, um, definitely uh, you know, exciting to see him in there. And he's ranked 56th, but... I'd love to see him finish higher than that. I have no doubt he can. So a tough course, uh, that might work into his favor. Yeah. And, of course, Alan Peterson was a Grand Valley guy. So we got to mention, you know, some of these local kinds of peoples. Alan Peterson has just been chopping chunks off his marathon time every year for the last four years. I remember racing him in the Detroit Marathon in 2016, and he won the race. And I was I was third, right, right behind second place, second and third together. He beat us by, like, five minutes um and he ran at the time i think it was his his p it was his pr it was like 219 and change or 220 very low and from that point on just every year he chunked another minute and change off and then ran 214.56 in the chicago marathon this past fall good for and him so yeah really exciting I've, I've loved following his career just from afar but uh you know he's, he's there one more we have to yes. mention <laughs> Dathan Rissenheim. We we have to mention Dathan for two reasons. So first of all, his time on the list doesn't mean a thing. He's he's run in this qualifying window 216 and that puts him like 82nd on the list, but that really doesn't mean anything because when Dathan is healthy and when Dathan's ready to race, which you know, he's he's showing up at this line to give it his all. Dathan's a real threat in yeah. any distance against any American. So there's always there's always a thought there of like, if it comes together, you should not discount him. So people that are new to this podcast, tell people who Dathan is. So Dathan Ritzenhine, he's the West Michigan guy. He's the guy. He went to high school with Andy. Um, well, <laughs> I went behind note. him, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, he was like four years ahead of her. But um, so Dathan's a multiple-time Olympian. He broke the American record in the 5K, 5K at one point. He's run 60 flat in the half marathon, which I think is number three on the American list still. Uh, it's number three or four. And of course, he's just he's just done it all. He's done cross country, he's done track, he's done road racing. He's run 207 and change for his PR marathon, which it, it was a while ago. True, and uh, he would he'd be the first one to tell you that things don't always work out for him when he toes the line. It's it's hard to have a good race these days. But if he has a good race, he's on fire. It's real. Yeah, and he's the one that we were talking about, alluded to earlier, who didn't make it in the marathon and came back and made it in the track in the 10K. Yeah, not Olympic many team. people pull that off. Not only did he pull it off, but he was hurt again that spring so he came back from an injury in a very small period of time ran 2740 something in the 10k at the u.s trials to make the olympic team just i mean this guy has He's got range too he does serious so. range so we're rooting for you dathan yes you already knew that but uh certainly excited to uh you know see if see if it can come together for you one more time so there's one more person that we want to talk about for the men's side, and that's Parker Stinson. Unfortunately, because he has withdrawn from the race for injury, which is a huge bummer. So you heard us talking with Parker if you were listening to the show uh, several episodes back. And if you haven't, you should listen to the episode. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, it's no longer quite as relevant to this buildup because he's he's had to withdraw. But, uh, but relevant to a lot of our experiences where you absolutely. work really hard towards something and you give it all you have and then aren't able to show up for the race day. Yeah, and the, and the dream is big and it's real. And so it, it, it's worthwhile to check out uh, the article. We'll post it in the show um, just to kind of hear his take on what happened. 
um, and just kind of his mindset. It's it's a tough place to be for any of these runners. He's not the only one. You, we, you heard us mention a couple other scratches from the races. So um, it's a bummer when that happens, and it does happen. And so, Parker, we wish you the best yes. uh, with recovering and rebounding back into a, a great training place again, hopefully soon. Yeah, definitely. So best to you, Parker, as you recover. All right, Andy, the men's race is going to be awesome. I'm excited, but really, I'm not going to pay any attention to it during the event because I'm going to be watching the women for <laughs> personal bias reasons. And her name is That's Andy. That's awkward. <laughs> Yeah, what I'm talking are you about watching? you. Oh, I'm okay. talking about you, oh. clearly. All right, so <laughs> there's a lot of great women on this. List, I'm, so. I am not nearly as nervous as you were about this, but I have no doubt I'm going to get all of these wrong. What are your What are your trivia's? What do you got for me? Okay, so this athlete I found very interesting. I didn't know this before. She ran her f- debut marathon when she was four weeks pregnant, and she ran two twenty eight oh one. Emma Bates. Nope. Oh. <laughs> that was just a random guess. <laughs> Wait, so go random. back and say it. In, she was four in 2016, pregnant? this runner debuted her marathon in 2.28.01, and she was four weeks pregnant. I'll give you mm-hmm. a hint. She previously, Kellen Taylor. No. Oh. She previously <laughs> was the silver medalist in the 10K at the 2012 London Olympic Games. Oh, Sally Capiego. Yep. Yeah, you there are we right. go. And Got she it. just became eligible to compete for the U.S. Yep. as of August 21st, 2019. Yep. Just this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's one. We'll be interested to see... You know, if, if things come together for this, she ran what Berlin Marathon? Yeah, Berlin. Her, yep, two twenty five ten. Nice. Yeah. All right. Lion. This runner, you know her for her speed on the roads and the track. Molly Huddle. <laughs> hey, I was gonna okay, say something gonna be... really interesting next because she very well could be the reason we have a female running emoji. Oh, isn't what, that what? cool? Why? Yeah, so she had a post that about needing one when she was texting a friend, and there wasn't one. There was only a male really? running emoji, and it looks like her. So when it finally happened, it was retweeted like thousands wow. of times. It was a big, big deal. This is clearly prior to the, there's 17 variations of every emoji now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, but, but she was part of, we think, I mean. Who knows, but. Right, but it was very, it seemed kind of coincidental that the first female running emoji looked like her, and she had been the one to discuss it that's online something. so yeah that's something i think that's kind of cool way to go molly huddle nice this athlete is a mom of two boys and she married another famous distance runner who is now her coach yeah all right come on is that too easy it depends oh okay. there's a couple of moms okay. but married to another famous distance runner who is her coach yes des linden Oh, I thought you were going to try to like pull a curveball on me with Des. Does she have two boys? No, it's Stephanie Bruce. Come <laughs> on. This is Stephanie Bruce. <laughs> she began running when she was four years old. Does Des, does Desi have any kids? I don't think she <laughs> don't does. Think no, so no. I was trying to be funny there. No, yeah. she has a nice dog, um, I think. Stephanie um, Bruce. Yeah, Stephanie Bruce. And she she obviously, um, she trains with her husband, Nazalit team in Arizona. She's known for her grit. So you can never really count her out for anything because she is so tough. Yeah, absolutely. And she's on, What's what is she on the list? Number 12 on the list. Number 12 on the list. And she has a qualifying time of 227.47. Wow. All right. So she's, she's well speedy. under. Yep. Uh, but she's actually, she's 12 on the list, but there's a couple of scratches in front of her, right? So she's actually like 10 yep. on the order. So. Sure. All right. What's next? This marathoner literally runs with the wolves. In her solar powered tiny house, this contender lives on 10 acres of wilderness with no self-service or Wi-Fi. Wait, doesn't she know that wolves are dangerous? That they might eat people? <laughs> well, there are bear, wolves. She's seen all kinds of stuff out there. I'm going her... with Kellen Taylor. No. Oh. 
She also won the 2018 USATF running circuit, and her fiance is her coach. Uh, I got nothing. It's Emma Bates. Emma Bates? Yep. Interesting. Yeah, isn't it? So in Idaho, she just runs in the middle of nowhere? Yep. With wolves? <laughs> well, I don't know if she runs. Yeah, I bet she runs out there too, but oh. it's beautiful. Yeah, and that guy was going to write a book about running with the wolves <laughs> like he did wolves. about running with the buffaloes, <laughs> except they ate him before oh. he could finish it. Oh, so. that's sad. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's, that's not a true thing. All right, who's next? This experienced marathoner is unmistake an unmistake. This experienced marathoner is an unmistakable threat to the top three. This is fun trivia. In late 2016, she trained and passed the firefighter test to qualify as a firefighter for the United States, and she did that instead of running a fall marathon. So, she's a firefighter and a professional runner. Yes, and she won the 25k in Grand Rapids at the Riverbank. In 2014, which this was the the um, U.S. Championships 25K. This might be the only firefighter marathoner ever in the history of time. Which makes it a super interesting fun fact, right? Possibly. I have no idea who you're talking about, though. Okay, so I'll keep going. She won the oh, 2018 more. Grandma's Marathon in 2428, oh, setting yeah, a course record in the process. <laughs> yes. All right, all right. <laughs> and that made her the seventh fastest marathoner in U.S. women's history. That's something. Yeah. Number five on the list in number the rank. Five, She's at 224.28. No joke. This runner w- runs way beyond 100 miles a week in only six-day training. She and her retired pro runner husband, now coach, adopted four girls in 2018. All right. Sarah Hall. Yes. Adopted four sisters from Ethiopia. Her um, qualifying mark is 222.16. Yeah, and she probably did that like... After running a marathon the morning before as well. She's been I'm guessing she ran a marathon in her sleep the night before (laughs) and got up and was like, I'm feeling fresh. Let's try another. Yeah. Sarah Hall races more than everyone else in the field combined. It it would seem like that. Possibly. She's a powerhouse. So she's someone who's super tough. That's why, like, she's ranked third on the list. I see her as, like, I mean, a pretty strong bet for top three. I don't know what position she'll be. And the reason why I say that, I know the whole field is very strong, is because she she has shown up so many times so consistently um, despite a lot of obstacles. She's going to be real. Watch for Sarah Hall. Oh, wait. She's second on the list because well, Amy Craig Well, there's a scratch in number two. Scratched, yep. yes. Yeah, the number two spot, Amy Craig had to scratch out. She loves Winnie the Pooh quotes, including, Always remember you are braver than you believe and stronger than you realize. She's a two-time footlocker cross-country champion, and those were the years of 2005 and 2008. And she has a superstar status among, like, high school. She did when she was in high school. And she won 2008 Girls High School Athlete of the Year by a unanimous vote. Shailene Flanagan is not actually competing, Andy. (laughs) She probably did, too. Actually, you know what? (laughs) She might have. I don't know. (laughs) I'm kidding. I actually don't know that about her. She's a little bit older than that, but... Do you know who it is? No. Okay, another hint. She recently had a coaching switch and is now being coached by oh, Emily one of my nope. Oh. Um <laughs> by my role model athletes, Paula Radcliffe. Okay, all right. Jordan Hesse. Yes. I thought you were gonna give some kind of Oregon reference with her. So I was ah. just waiting for like NCAA stuff. Quacking? Okay. Okay. No. <laughs> this racer, along with her husband and two other runners, own a small batch coffee company. She's a fan favorite of many, and she's a contender based out of Michigan and lives in one of our favorite places in the whole entire world. Des Linden. Yes, Traverse City, Michigan. Lives in the TC Cherry Republic. I know. I love it there. 
So good. Yeah. But actually, as a contender, she's one of my favorite athletes to watch. She's just phenomenal. And for those of you who don't know, she was crowned the Boston Queen with her first place finish in 2019. And it was horrible conditions. So she's one of those people that's like, okay, she doesn't have the fastest time. She's 10th on this list or 9th with a scratch. Um, and But she shows up at hard races. Like, she's really good at overcoming difficult times. Yeah, Des is always one that, I mean, she just does. She just does it. And so whatever Des the it does. needs to be, uh, come on, whatever the it needs to be, she just does. So um, we're going to watch that closely, certainly. Any more? Did, did you exhaust your supply of random I, tidbits? I had too much fun with this, you guys. I uh, am like, clearly. yeah, this was so much fun for me to look up this information. This superstar runner Emily is- Emily Sisson. <laughs> She's the only one left no. in the top 10, no? <laughs> this superstar runner is a crocheting wizard. Oh, Alephine Tulemak. Yes, you got it. Yep. She has her own Etsy shop with her crocheted items. Ah. She did win the 25K U.S. Championships in Grand Rapids in 2016. Yep. And yep. she's a nine-time U.S. national champion. She is 11 or 9 on the list, and 26.50 is her qualifying time within the window, so she's uh, she's right there. She's a real threat. At 28, she is younger than any other female U.S. Olympic marathoner since 1996, if she uh, makes it, though fellow contender Jordan Hesse is a month younger. She's fairly new-ish to the marathon and trains with Molly Huddle in New Balance, and her half marathon time is in the U.S. all-time top 10 of 107.30. This is the fastest debut for an American. <laughs> yes. So Emily Sisson um, is... <laughs> he says it with so much confidence. Well, like, I know it now. She's the only one left on the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, so em- em- Emily Sisson is is one to watch for many reasons, but she has a lot of the strengths that Molly Huddle has, but she may have a higher ceiling in the marathon just based off of what we've seen so far. You, you don't know. She's pretty new to these things mm-hmm. um, but we know that molly huddle can do just about anything in terms of distance running at an elite global level but she hasn't put together a marathon that necessarily balances out her other events and emily sisson has hmm. so it'll be interesting She'll to be see one to look for one to watch all right well i have some honorable mentions give it, yeah, i was gonna say give us your honorable mentions what, yeah. what else do we need to know we need to know about these other contenders because they're all with the world qualifying standard and have a legitimate shot at making the olympic team um nell roja she's uh she was actually training for an iron man and then switched to the marathon so she ran 228.06 at grandma's marathon and this was only her second marathon ever so she's really new to the scene and could be kind of one of those like you know surprise factors at number 13 yes, on the Yes, she's list. number 13 on the list, and she's run 110.45 in the half marathon as well. Lindsay Flanagan, she placed ninth in the 2000 Boston Marathon last year, and she's coached by Steve Magnus. We also have Allie Kiefer. She's a phenomenal marathoner. She doesn't have the world standard yet. Um, not currently. Not she's currently. Run she's run that time. Yeah. yeah, but last year, I don't think she's she posts many races. I think she had some injuries or something going on. Um, I tried to look up some races and couldn't find some stuff from this year. So anyway, she's she's fast enough. It's just whether or not she can come together on this day and show up big. So she needs a fast race. We, we mentioned there are some who want a fast race in Atlanta. She's one. She wants it to be fast. Laura Thweet 
she finished sixth at the 2017 London Marathon in 2.25.38. And for those of you, when we're saying these times, 2.25.38 is 5.34 per mile. So, like, to give you an idea, like, that's what I, I mean, I run a little bit faster than that for my 5K <laughs> for a pace. Yeah, you know, no sweat, no sweat. Yeah, so it's a big deal. She's She's got the time as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Within the window. And Samantha Palmer, she said that she never made an NCAA final. Wow. Yeah. And she had and this dream of becoming a professional runner despite that. And after college, four out of four professional training groups that she reached out to said that she wasn't fast enough. And yep. since then, she's PR'd in every race distance. She's qualified for a few for a few Olympic trials, and she uh, did make a U.S. cross country team. Um, so she's she's had to overcome a lot of no's. You know, she'd already yep. she'd won the U.S. jersey, and she still didn't have a sponsor or a team. Yeah, and that's kind of the way this sport happens. Is if if you're not one that like does it all, then you get a lot of no's. Mm-hmm. And yet she's run two twenty nine in the marathon. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And Roberta Groner. We have to talk about Roberta Groner because you cannot count out a woman who's had three kids as a full-time nurse and runs at the world level of competition. She ran the world um, marathon at in Doha. She was sixth place there with terrible, terrible conditions. So she's someone like when, when the times are tough and when things are hard, this woman knows how to get through it. All right. And that rounds out 16 athletes who are under the 229.30 standard for women. All right, so that kind of breaks it down for you. And what we're really trying to do here is talk about why this race is interesting. And if you don't necessarily want to tune into all the details, if you don't want to follow you know, the wire by wire, you at least have now the context to understand what it is that people are thinking coming into this race, especially in kind of the top tier of it, and what it is that might what might influence how this race goes down. If it's fast, you know there's some people who want it fast. If it's slow, you know there's some people sweating in that pack, hoping it speeds up. And all of this comes down to Andy's running, and we are all excited <laughs> to see how she does. And really just uh, appreciating all of your support. You know, yeah. We've said this before, but um, part of what's made this a great experience for Andy is is the amount of support that's come through the A to Z running community as mm-hmm. well. So thank I'm you very all. Very grateful for that. Yeah, I feel really blessed. So hashtag blessed. Everyone oh, hates that great. word. Everyone hates the word there blessed. But I do, feel, I do feel extremely grateful. And having you all cheering me on and commenting, it really makes a difference to me. And I feel humbled by it. So we mentioned we're going to try to put as many of these relevant links and things in the notes Mm -hmm. for the episode. That is a to z running dot com slash episode 21. We do have a couple people from Grand Rapids that are running as well. Jordan Chester and um, Joanna Stevens. So keep an eye out for them, too, if you are looking to follow um, local runners from Grand Rapids. Definitely. And don't forget about this Andy Ripley, <laughs> who's also running. Oh, gosh. I have to do this. I'm her husband. If I don't, she might think that I don't care. No. <laughs> so, of course, there's plenty more that anyone could share about the race, but uh, we wanted to give you enough to have uh, some background, some context, and understand some of the factors happening and going around this event. Yeah, and we'll be there, obviously. So we're going to keep you updated at A to Z running on Instagram mainly, but we'll also be updating on Facebook and Twitter as well. And stay tuned next week for a race recap and report to kind of give you the lowdown of what happened.